the end of the world. I could feel all this death. Jean, it was just a dream. You wander through the willows in the forest you were found. I've been called many things over many lifetimes. Trying to hide. Ra, Krishna, Yahweh. Ever since the world found out about mutants, there have been secret societies who see them as some kind of second coming or sign of God. They believe that tens of thousands of years ago, an ancient being was born the world's first. Mutant. You are all my children. And you're lost. Because you follow blind leaders. But I am here now. Wherever this being was, he always had four followers he would imbue with power. Like the four horsemen of the apocalypse. He got that one from the Bible. Or the Bible got it from him. What is it? Oh, God. Hello, and welcome to a Marvel Cinematic University. I am your professor, Mario Vera, and of course, is joining me is the marvelous doctoral student, Sly Clone MC who has a bachelor's in the MCU, a master's in the multiverse, and is going for their dissertation in Marvel Studies. Welcome back, Sly. We are back doing this again after the holiday break, and uh, we're going to be talking about some more Marvel stuff. So how you been? I have been great. I have been, uh, you know, really diving into my Marvel allegiance recently, <laughs> and I been playing uh pretty much exclusively marvel snap since oh, it came out yeah so you know i i'm doing great <laughs> <laughs> that's good i've also been maintaining my my allegiance to playing only if anything just marvel snap every day all day whatever every free moment on the bathroom toilet every day i'm just playing this goddamn game it is fantastic um can't wait for and the i gotta say <laughs> Marvel Snap really pulling through because the only reason I know uh, the titular character of the movie we're talking about today, Apocalypse, is because he's the sixth card in my favorite deck. That's right. Oh, man, you run an Apocalypse deck, too? I run an Apocalypse deck as well. Yeah, for sure. Doing the work, Marvel Snap. Thank you. I mean, I just got introduced to a character named Sabu. I had no idea you were a thing, but apparently you're a cat. Um, so shout out to, of course, Marvel Snap. Uh, of course, you of course you have alluded to what we are going to be talking about uh, today, which is the next X-Men and the X-Men series that we're basically doing this show about going forward. Uh, we're, of course, talking about X-Men Apocalypse 2016. Uh yeah, let's let's just go ahead and get right into this convoluted mess that is the Marvel uh, X Men universe. <laughs> let's go ahead, jump straight into <laughs> history class. Of course, uh, continuing uh, directing is Brian Singer from, of course, the original X Men movie. Onto this one, this is still written by Simon Kinberg. The studio at this time is still Fox Studios. They are still chugging these out, and of course, stars James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, Jennifer Lawrence. I almost read a name that's not in this movie. Nicolas Cage, Evan Peters, <laughs> Oscar Isaac, and so many more people that if I just, I'll just keep listing names. Sansa Stark is in this. It's a lot. Uh, it's a lot. I gotta say, 
Nicholas Holt is in this movie, not Nicholas Cage. That's correct. That's correct. Did I say Nicholas Cage? Oh no. I got Nicholas Cage on the brain. Uh, I can't wait for actually funny enough. Funny you say that, which I don't I don't know if you know this or not. Uh, Nicholas Holt and Nicholas Cage gonna be in a movie together this year called Renfield, which is he Nicholas Cage is playing Dracula. There you go. And he's playing Renfield. So there you go. There's the connection. Get ready for when we do MC <laughs> Nicholas Cage coming up later. Uh no. That'd be great though. Uh, right now, you can still s- stream this movie on uh, Disney Plus, where you can find this and most of uh, the Marvel X Men films. Um, let's go ahead and go on to the plot. So, I th- don't remember. So, by the way, we ha- we are going to have a special guest this episode. They will appear momentarily. Uh, Jacob McCord, thank you so much for stopping by. We're going to cut to his section in a second. Um, I think I had him read the plot, but just for safety's sake, Sly. Can you please read me the plot of this episode? Of course. Uh, All right. I was not prepared for this, but (laughs) let's dive right in. (laughs) The plot of X-Men Apocalypse 2016. Since the dawn of civilization, he was worshipped as a god. Apocalypse, the first and most powerful mutant from Marvel's X-Men universe, amassed the powers of many other mutants, becoming immortal and invincible. Upon awakening after thousands of years, he is disillusioned with the world as he finds <laughs> it and recruits a team of powerful mutants, including a disheartened Magneto. That's one word for what he is in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Cleanse mankind and create a new world order Ooh, oh we don't like that oh. technology my dude. Oh, no. uh, over which he will reign as the fate of the earth hangs in the balance raven with the help of professor x must lead a team of young x-men to stop their greatest nemesis and save mankind from complete destruction thank you 20th century fox i also really love that they name drop raven before professor x we love to see it you know that jennifer lawrence is the star of this movie (laughs) (laughs) that's right mystique (laughs) so good uh interesting wording that they chose in there as well uh i do like i like the idea of uh apocalypse being disillusioned by the world just becoming like a straight emo teen <laughs> with this like emo band that he starts it's basically it's basically what this movie's about which very happy about and of course yes um i don't know the cleansing mankind and creating a new world order in the same sentence with the word magneto ah ah it's a choice, 20th Century Fox. Yeah, yeah. It's I get what you're choice. saying. I get what you're saying. But still. <laughs> of course, the comic book characters in this show, in this movie, uh, is Professor X, Magneto, Jean Grey, Cyclops, Storm, Nightcrawler, Mystique, Angel, Caliban, Cyclops, Sightlock, Apocalypse, and I guess more. There's actually quite a few more in this one. Uh, that <laughs> That is just the bear. Oh, Storm. Did I mention Storm? Yeah, I did mention Storm. Okay. There's, there's so many people, um, but we'll get into that as we're going to move in to our main segment, of course. We're going to be talking about the film in our Stanley seminar. Uh, Sly, I have to ask you, okay? I'm gonna, first of all, I'm just going to let, let the curtain down for a second. So I watched this movie uh, before we did the break, 
and you watched this movie about a week ago. So our minds are probably melding <laughs> in different ways of like <laughs> what we rec- recollect uh, <laughs> for this film. And you know, that's going to make an, a fantastic analysis. So let's go ahead and kick it off. <laughs> Stanley's seminar. Sly, what did you think of X Men Apocalypse? Okay, so I want to start you off with my uh, initial reflections on this movie. Is that I loved it. Oh, shit! (laughs) What? Okay. (laughs) I didn't expect that. I think it was a fine movie. Like, like good. Okay. Not great. Okay. By any means. Okay. We can love not great movies. That's fine. And that's the thing. I yes. love bad movies. We all know this about me. Yeah. But I really loved this movie. I think it's a combination of getting to know these characters yes. over the course of this series. Yes. And now being at a place in my like Marvel consumption to the point where I'm getting all of these references and recognizing all these characters so that when a character pops up and I on screen and I go oh my gosh is that going to be Storm and then it is I get that payoff okay. of being like oh I know these characters um and the third getting to see my favorite divorce couple on screen <laughs> together again like <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of who you're referring to. <laughs> There's a few of them. Cherick. Duh. <laughs> yes, you're right. It's oh, well established right. on true. the show that every time I watch an X-Men movie afterwards, I immediately go to archiveofour.org and look up all of the fanfic from the newest movie with them together. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I had so much fun with this movie. It felt, this is going to be a contradictory statement, so bear with me. Uh, for a a movie about the end of the world, it felt like comparatively very low stakes. Fair. Like, like, it was like big destruction of the world, blah, 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 whatever. We know they're going to save it we know there's more movies to come uh so it felt kind of cozy low stakes just getting to see all these characters i've like grown to love over the course of these series so yeah i had a great time with this movie (laughs) (laughs) no that's i mean that's fun to hear i like i'll I'll even say like i didn't i don't hate this movie after watching it my time Mm -hmm. i just thought it was just it was just okay like it was just another just like uh, uh, going through the motions. I think uh, the mm-hmm. potential for some things were just sort of lackluster, specifically on the villain side, where Apocalypse is you know one of X Men's like main major villains. I personally have never read any of the stories. I've watched some of the cartoon of this section, so I was just kind of like hoping to be like kind of like oh this is why this character is so interesting. And I really don't have that in this interpretation of it. I honestly think that uh, this is sort of a waste of Oscar Isaac's talent, which a lot of science fiction seems to do. Um, Hopefully they'll they'll rectify that in the future. But ultimately, just the the idea of the core, you know, the four horsemen and then this apocalypse Mm -hmm. character, I just felt like there was so much more to that they could have done that they decided to move against. And I think that's in structure to like, all right, we have a structure now for these movies from first class to Days of Future Past and this where it's like, all right, there's a time setting. These are the the characters and then this is, you know, 
what's going to be going forward for you know this section and ultimately i think it was also an underusing of the time period of the 80s of the cold war and stuff like that so mm-hmm. i feel like with all those things kind of culminating together this the movie itself just didn't feel enough to warrant its existence but i do agree that spending more time with these characters that we've come to love like specifically you mentioned professor x and magneto we we talked mm-hmm. about it, like there's something going on and i and i and this movie really helps with that specifically towards the ending. Um, but ultimately, yeah. I... And with like mm-hmm. the everything going on in this world, having yes. that opening being a history class, but for the like current universe and yes. not the past universe yes. was so interesting to like establishing this universe and like refalling in love with these mm-hmm. characters that we haven't met yet in this timeline. I think all of the lower level stuff this film does really well. Yes. All of the like higher level like plot and stakes were not there. No, <laughs> no, no whatsoever. <laughs> uh, no whatsoever. But uh, but you're right. I think that just having uh, a new set of versions of characters that we come to know, um, specifically from the first X Men movie sort of be reintroduced, even though technically some of these characters have been reintroduced twice now, if we I really think about it specifically uh, timelines let, let's let's talk about it all right hold on one second i want to make sure there's no water in this cup but let's talk about it my boy's back my boy is back i'm so happy we got cyclops again i'm so very happy oh my god uh this of course the second reintroduction into the universe he's also getting hormones at school yet again <laughs> but you know what i'm here for it uh personally here for it um let's go ahead let's talk about more about those the new the new characters that we have which of course is the new class um starting with uh, say Jean gray uh reintroduction into this um we have uh storm which is brought up but she's not necessarily part of the school she's definitely something that is a another character that gets brought in um there's some other characters too that actually have like one line and then they don't they don't do anything which is jubilee that pisses me off but that's fine um mm-hmm. but we also get a reintroduction back to nightcrawler um, specifically about Nightcrawler and his introduction story, what what was it like having that character be reintroduced? Uh, I don't remember a lot of our first interaction, mm-hmm. like personality wise, sure. of Nightcrawler. Um, so I don't know how much that is just my faulty memory and what we actually saw. Sure, but I felt like this introduction was very uh distinct and like very memorable in his like personality mm-hmm. and like mannerisms so i thought that was really cool that we get to see this character a little bit more fleshed out yeah and then also sort of like with mystique which i thought was fascinating because like we I like to talk about before in the comics theoretically mm-hmm. she is his mother and then we met asriel in the first first class who's theoretically the father but there's still no like association with this character, which I still find odd that they still don't want to connect in any way. Even though clearly time has passed; it's been at least twenty years since first class, at the very least. So like theoretically, this child could have yeah. been birthed. But even so, um, the fact that they are introducing them together, I thought was interesting to bring him into the X Men fold for the most part. Um, we also got our introdu- reintroduction back into Angel who is this metalhead mm-hmm. in the 80s <laughs> in a death match. 
What what is uh, your if you remember the recollection of uh, our introduction in the last stand? He was just like this rich guy's son that he wanted to cure, and he like jumps he out of a window. The Colonel's son or whatever, something like that. Yeah, and he like some some dude. Yeah, some <laughs> random side story that they just have in that movie. Uh, this is definitely the weird introduction back into that character, um, which, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that a little later when it comes to like the, 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 the four horsemen, because I have some thoughts on those guys specifically. Um, and then, I mean, yeah, then we have a reintroduction back in the Jean Grey. I mean, what is your thoughts on this interpretation of Jean Grey versus what we've seen before? Um, it was. It was Sansa Stark. It was Sansa Stark. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. uh, the imagery they used with um, the like nightmare dreaming of the end of the world moment with like yeah. everything melting was really cool. I really like how they leaned into how incredibly powerful Jean Grey is yes. in this interpretation. I think the previous iteration kind of shied away from like how like absurdly powerful she is yes so that was really cool for me to see um and then the only other note i had about gene is at the end of the movie there was a bit of like phoenix mm-hmm. imagery mm-hmm. um and all i know about that i know two things <laughs> one we have a movie called dark phoenix that that's we'll right. be watching eventually that's right. so i'm assuming that's that's a gene story and you know who else held the phoenix mantle who else? Maya Lopez. Echo. Ah. Love of my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Imagine a world where now X-Men are going to be integrated into the MCU and the Phoenix Forks could eventually make their way over to Echo. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> we'll see in the next 15 years of the MCU. So (laughs) I'm glad that we're we're covering the dead universes. So (laughs) we're not stuck doing this for 10, 15 years. Um, But yeah, (laughs) Uh, of course, uh, we are still in the era in which uh, uh, Professor X still has hair. (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah, that was the whole plot point. (laughs) That was the whole plot point in this movie. Um, which of course we then get the origin of when he loses it. <laughs> um, uh, uh, yeah, that, that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> that's literally all I have for that. It's like, and now he's bald. Yeah, it was, it was a choice. Um, they made it boldly. Um, yeah. and regardless how much I hate that that was the choice that was made, yes. I respect how much they committed to the bit. Yeah. For sure, for sure. If, if I'm not mistaken, I think some of the trivia I heard was, uh, I think James McAvoy shaved his head for this, but they, they're like, "Nah, not yet, man. You need some hair." So they like made him wear a wig first before before you let him shave his head. I thought that was pretty pretty fantastic. Um, okay, well, let's get into sad uh, sad hour for a second here because we're gonna talk about Magneto's story. This is my favorite section I... of the movie, by the way. I just want to point that out. But go ahead. I'm going to let you speak. It's so good. It, 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 oof. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we all know I love this man and getting to see his family. Yeah. I was like, Papa. okay, I know something's going to happen. But like, I know that. I'm prepared. I'm mm. going into this knowing that something tragic is going to happen with this storyline. 
And yet, <laughs> I was not prepared for where they were going with the storyline. Yeah. And after the confrontation arrow scene, mm-hmm. I needed three to five business days to emotionally recover from how <laughs> brokenhearted I was. Uh-huh. And, like, the power of this, like, decent film to, yes. like, emotionally devastate me with the storyline I knew was coming. Yeah. Gotta give them credit for that. <laughs> no, I, I agree. This is the one shining part of the of the whole movie where I'm like, we're trying to move past just, hey, these are just comic book movies, and more like, hey, this is, like, mm-hmm. a sort of prestigious moment. Honestly, you could see this in the, I mean, you probably see this in The Dark Knight. Uh, we might see this in Logan when we eventually talk about Logan. But there is some definitely some connective tissue in here that definitely feels um, more than than this movie. And so with that, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Um, that's the whole setup with Eric after the events of Days of Future Past, you know, after trying to kill the president, uh, is on the lam. He's he's hidden in the world. It's been a couple of years. He's has a family, has a child. He's working in a steel mill, which, I mean, good for him for working around metal, but... That I mean, that's a choice because <laughs> when an accident like this happens, what else can you do but use your powers? But um, but he, he tries to do everything by the book and everything good in a lot of ways. He tried to save and people. Yeah, that's the thing. We see this yeah. character who's only ever been presented as like so focused on himself and his people and his ideals and his way is the right way yes and after the ending of days of future past now we see him and he's you know connecting with this woman like connecting with his wife developing this relationship we see him you know kind of com- communicating yeah. about his trauma a little bit we see him developing community he knows these people he's working in this factory and like you know working and supporting and saving the life of humans and this huge growth for him as a character yeah and i think that if you don't have that the end resolution yes it feels cheapened so we've seen like this huge character growth and then this moment of tragedy and where do you go from here yes and you know that leaves him vulnerable to be recruited in such a beautiful way that we see him doubting and we see this like growth behind him still throughout every action he takes and this movie to where the end you're like oh obviously he's going to help them like there was no doubt that that's where he was going to end up and that that storyline is just so beautiful and so well done can't agree with you more no that's the best way to describe it um they they actually took a lot of care and uh, again it feels so wild that it's in the middle of this movie specifically (laughs) right so it's kind (laughs) of kind of backtracking it's like it almost feels like in the same way how i would say i feel about the first movie uh, where i felt like it felt more prestigious than it actually it is a comic book movie but at the same time they have mm-hmm. all those hints and histories of everything that happened during the holocaust that they like sort of enforce on the character and then for him to come to this point in, in his journey um yeah i mean I, I i won't lie like i felt catharsis when he fucking tore down auschwitz <laughs> like when he yeah. tore that shit to the ground um, I actually found that 
quite 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 great and um, we've seen that imagery in oh my God, you yeah. know like basically every film yes they go back to this moment and so for this to be like in the like redemption arc of his character yeah. to have that catharsis of tearing down this like imagery that we've literally seen mm-hmm. so much associated with this character is just like Again, the lower level like details mm-hmm. of this film are incredible. Yes. Yeah. No, absolutely. And then and then we have to then continue on with our villain. Uh our villain, of course, being Oscar Isaac under heavy, heavy makeup. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh who, by the way, I, there's a deleted scene. I don't know if you've seen this deleted scene, but you know how the the four horsemen get their outfits? He makes them mm-hmm. <laughs> with the sewing machine. oh that's so good i gotta show you the clip later it's so funny but yeah you can find this lisa and he's just like making dresses um i love that (laughs) i kind of like that um but yeah so uh we get introduced to this character which we don't really know a whole lot we're just sort of introduced him always from the side it's just like he just is consuming this power um i assume he has some greater motivation other than he just wants everything to be in his own image for the most part and uh, have mutants run everything, which is seemingly the problem for all these movies um, specifically. Mm-hmm. But uh, in terms of where he then indoctrinates other characters, um, we can talk a little bit about Storm in this instance. So Storm not being normally an X-Men, uh, just being a kid who then sees this person who protects her specifically in, a, in, in an incident. Mm-hmm. Um, what were your thoughts of his... his, his um, his ways of how he would bring in people um, into his four horsemen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think that introduction with Storm was so strong because again, I saw her and I was like, oh my gosh, is that Storm? And then it was, and that payoff was really satisfying. Uh, but that whole sequence of like him seeing this kid, mm-hmm. this mutant kid getting harassed and being like, what's up with that? was like really i think foundational to the uh, what's the word i'm looking for the lens we view his character for the rest of the movie sure sure um and so yeah i don't really remember much about how he brings in everybody else but i do remember in the house Mm -hmm. the scene with storm and the mystique poster on the wall because that was such a a foundational moment of like relating specifically to raven as a character Mm -hmm. through this film consistently being like i'm not a hero i'm not here to save anyone i'm not the good guy blah 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 and for for her to be introduced as like storm's hero and then see that redemption arc was a really cool tie-in. Yeah. No, that I, I I do agree with you. I think that the two strongest uh, people that he brings in, of course, is the Eric and of course Storm. I think those are the ones that I felt like had the deeper mm-hmm. connections. I feel like with the introduction of Angel and Psylocke, they're just more of just like tag along, sort of just like, oh, you have power, therefore I want power, or uh, you could fix my broken wing and give me metal wings. Which l- I'll talk about that for a second. Um, Man, what a waste. I mean, <laughs> Psylocke was awesome. She was badass. She, she was looked cool. hot. Like, what more could you want? There you go. 
Angel was there. Angel was there, and he had metal hands or metal uh, not hands. I'm sorry, <laughs> metal uh, wings. Metal wings, um, which you know, uh, as someone who at least my the only thing I know about Angel specifically is this connection that he has with Apocalypse and turning into this archangel. Um, I just didn't. I wish they could have put more into that, but really, he just just at the end of the day is just a low level goon. Um, which you know I find a little unfortunate. Specifically, that character apparently has more relevance in the in the comic books itself. But what you gonna do? Um, there's also a secondary villain in the story, which we didn't necessarily need, but they're there. And of course, I'm talking about uh, our boy William Stryker's back yet again. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> and. I did the only note I put in uh, my notes. It was just goddamn striker. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and it's not mystique striker from the last movie, which we never got a resolution for. It's just whatever that happens. Okay, <laughs> fine. Whatever. <laughs> but we'll, we'll get past that. Um, but yeah, we have striker. And then I think course... we need a, mm-hmm. a striker tally for all the different strikers we've seen over the course of the series i mean yeah that's i mean i think i can i can do it i think i can do it in my hand right now it's of course striker from two striker from uh x-men origins wolverine and then the last two movies had striker so about four four major appearances of the strike man himself um which i'm shocked that he's not a card in marvel snap now that i think about it why isn't william striker make that happen marvel snap uh, ben, Ben, mm-hmm. Uncle Ben's apparently a card, <laughs> and I still have not get him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I get Striker a card. Uh, ultimately, the whole excuse for this is just so that way we have a diversion for the most part, and then also Wolverine. Like I think that's the main mm-hmm. thing. Which, wh- what are okay? What is your thoughts on that specifically with uh, Cyclops, Jean Grey, and Wolverine? Uh, it's a little interesting to see them as children and Wolverine there um, in the context that we know of them greatly uh-huh. from the series. But I don't know. What are your thoughts on that specifically? Uh, yeah. You know, my favorite uh, X-Men throuple. <laughs> um, it, it was interesting to see their dynamic in this with, <laughs> uh, you know, them as children and uh, yeah. Logan as um without his memories kind of feral yeah. uh it was B- fun bucky naked as well <laughs> 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 oh lord oh uh, yeah that that happened. yeah i uh <laughs> loki forgot that the whole um explosion kidnapping to you know, room where they have to be rescued, striker, base, etc. was a whole uh plot line in this movie. Uh yeah. but yeah, that that was the thing that happened. That that did happen. Yeah. And then suddenly they're in Egypt. <laughs> now we're all doing this part. Um, yeah, which we of course we didn't mention uh, the mansion blows up yet again. Um at this point we lose actually a key character uh from the series so far. We lose uh Alex Summers. Alex. I know. How'd you feel about that? As one of the returning members of the first class. Um, I really hated <laughs> that we didn't get a moment to like process that. Yeah. Like it was explosion, quicksilver, the car driving up to the back from the mall. Yes. Which, was which is another thing. scene they cut out of the movie, and I don't know why. It's awesome. Oh, that drives me nuts. Yes. But yeah, we just have Quicksilver, incredible montage. We'll talk about it we'll later. We'll talk about that later. 
at the end of it and then it's just scott saying like where's my brother mm-hmm. and you know peter being like i think i got everybody and then we just hard cut to the next scene yeah. and i'm like <laughs> you're not gonna give me time to process that you just killed off alex like what yeah. the fuck no they're gonna treat him just like all the other characters they killed off off screen <laughs> That was definitely one of my biggest scrapes with this movie. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. I um as as I didn't have a whole lot of reference for Alex, but I love the fact that he was part of that team, and for him to also appear in the last movie for a small second, which was nice. Um, for him to, I thought he would have a central role in this. Um, ultimately, just to be fodder mm-hmm. for you know what ends up happening. Um, I mean, they do fridge him for a really great conversation in the jet. Sure. And I yeah. get that. I just I needed them to give me a moment to process yeah. Yeah. the heartbreak. Uh because while you might not have an emotional connection to Alex Summers as a character, <laughs> boy does he show up in a lot of fanfics. <laughs> I guess I'm not up on my Alex Summers lore. Uh I gotta go check that out. <laughs> oh man. Okay. <laughs> Uh, with that, <laughs> with that, uh, before I move on to like the final battle, uh, let's actually, since we touched upon him, uh, of course, uh, Quicksilver is back in this movie. Um, he is ten years theoretically older uh, <laughs> in this, even though theoretically, you, you can't tell for any of these characters how old they are because they age like fine wine, which is absolutely wonderful. Um, but of course, he still lives in his mom's basement. <laughs> um, um, but he's he's getting out in the world, and he's gonna f- finally figure out what's going on with him, and uh, potentially talk to who we now know is is, is his father. Of course. By the way, I'm reading uh, our document here, and it says the combo characters. Mm-hmm. I spelled so many names wrong. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> never mind. Uh, but yes, it's Quicks- just for us. Nobody has to read. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. You'll never know how I spelled Apocalypse or Magneto. Um, <laughs> Uh, what are your thoughts on Cy- Cy- Quicksilver uh, in this film so far? Yeah, this iterate every iteration of Quicksilver is yeah. kind of just there. Yeah. Um, I would like our audience to know I have finally figured out the difference between <laughs> Silver Surfer and Quicksilver. Be so proud of me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's like yeah, a card game in like, a couple movies. <laughs> <laughs> we got there eventually. That's all that matters. <laughs> Every time we see Quicksilver, the, he's not given a lot yeah. besides cool action sequences. And if that's the only role he's going to serve for a movie, okay, fine, whatever. Yeah. Uh, like, background, I do know, like, comics wise that pietro and wanda are twins and magneto's their father and that's the whole thing in that universe and so him like eric being his dad was not a surprise Mm -hmm. here i do really appreciate how they that played into the final battle Mm -hmm. um but i think it's a stretch that that was the motivation for him to join. Yes. And I get why they did it that way. It just didn't feel very strong to me. Gotcha. 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 Moving on to the 
last half of the film essentially, which is the big climax of the battle. We of course have uh, Magneto, Psylocke, uh, Angel, and Storm. Magneto. I'm oh, sorry, Magneto. I said so many times. Uh, Apocalypse uh, going into Egypt after kidnapping our boy Professor X because they're going to use his ability. Which Professor X is just the conduit to all evil stuff. So I don't know, man. You might have to die. I'm sorry. <laughs> like a lot of terrible <laughs> stuff happens because you're around. And uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. But uh, the whole plot, obviously, is just to have Matt, uh, Professor X do the whole thing, similar to actually what they did in 2, which I thought was interesting, where... Um, the yeah. whole world projection moment. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, our heroes have to go save him, and Raven has to step up as a, as a leader, and uh, Jean Grey and all of them have to put on some cool-ass outfits and go do some fighting. And uh, it's a fight. It's a it's an actual fight. Mm-hmm. Um, the conversations I think with uh, Professor X and uh, and Magneto are pretty strong in this point because this is like the first time that we get to see them together um, in another ten years, another ten year decade that we've now learned of them, and it, it's all ultimately very sweet um, and sad and all together they all act at once. So divorced. So divorced. <laughs> yeah, I do agree now. Yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh yeah uh i i do want to say raven's performance mm-hmm. and like what they gave her in this movie i think is the strongest we've seen of her and i really i really loved her character in this movie which was great yeah. because we've had some definitely yeah not great stories for her yeah agreed. up until this point <laughs> that is that is 100% agreed and it's so interesting because uh you know i I, I don't know why I feel like I put this lock on the Mystique character because in my mind she's a villain, but they've clearly mm-hmm. were like, Jennifer Lawrence is a popular star, so we're going to have to make her the forefront of their series. And I guess eventually I'm going to have to let that go because th- that's what happened. Mm-hmm. This character is not a bad person. They are just in a place where they just can't see themselves or don't, or, you know, the society can't see themselves. And so they, you know, they lash out. Ultimately, they now see themselves as the hero in this moment, and therefore they're going to be the self-sacrificing person. I think that's wonderful. And so, yeah, I think Jennifer Lawrence does do that pretty well um, in this series. And then that starts the turn of Storm sort of switching sides as well, mm-hmm. um, because uh, Apocalypse is full-on just killing his own kind. And, and just going own for it. Yeah, just straight going for it. While the world's like all exploding around, there's jets and bombs and all types of stuff. Um, I guess we get some great mm-hmm. kind of sarcastic uh, bridge destruction imagery. Yes. They love a bridge love imagery a bridge. in this series. I feel like every single movie has had a bridge, a bridge being destroyed, yes. a bridge being moved around. Something happening with the bridge happens every single time. Every time, every movie, they have to have Migo, uh, uh, Magneto move something bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> so they can't. They have to keep escalating it, and it's 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 pretty fun. I do like that <laughs> specifically. Um, I'm not sure if that in this in this battle is it. If I remember correctly, Angel dies. Does he get blown up or something? I don't know. I just I everyone don't gets remember him coming out of. Everybody gets a little fucked up. Yeah. Um. I don't remember anybody like super dying. In yeah, the, but also, it's been a week, and I don't. That's fair. I'm like two months removed from this movie, and like in my mind, it's like man, Angel was so just there. Um. 
other than he has a cool uh master of puppets uh moment where he gets the metal wings but that's about it that's literally just just for mm-hmm. for imagery's sake but um but yeah no ultimately i mean Psylocke again we mentioned Psylocke's in this movie Psylocke is just there to be kicking ass doing things they don't really have much to do um which is sad because i think during the promotion of this movie kicking ass doing things that's right being hot that's right that's right um the holy trinity there you go that's all you need this what, what is the the tiktok thing is like there are only like three subclasses or something like that is like slut uh loser and something else like yeah everyone's got uh-huh. space yeah. there that that yeah. that audio yeah um but yeah <laughs> Yeah. Oh, um, I I did have a note about the Mind Palace fight. Oh, that's as right. I dubbed the yeah. the battle uh, within Charles and Apocalypse's mind. <laughs> um, Is that, that just Apocalypse saying you're gay? You're gay. <laughs> <laughs> it's the whole. Uh, Charles getting thrown around the mansion. Yes. And then being like, Gene, do the thing. And then Gene's a badass. And it's great. And we love to see it. Um, But yeah, I thought that was fun to see the, like, final battle in Egypt. And also the Mind Palace battle. And how they cut back and forth between the two. It's really interesting. Yeah, giving at least I think because in this uh, in the reality, um, Xavier's not doing anything. He's laying down on a table, uh, losing his powers. Yeah, he's just conked out. Just knocked out. So for him to have some involvement in the story is good in that moment, of course. Um, so I do pretty much like that. And then, as you pointed out, Jean Grey saves the day with a massive explosion uh, that incinerates Apocalypse into uh, so many pieces. <laughs> it's like you will never come back. I don't care how much healing power you have. Um, and then we basically start wrapping up the story. Everyone becomes friends again. <laughs> uh, Moira. Oh, Moira's in this movie. We didn't even talking about Moira. Moira. Moira's great in this movie. I love everything about her. I oh. screamed when she was in the opening. Everything with Charles being a, a bubbling idiot around her. <laughs> everything with Moira's. I was just, I love to see her. Yeah. Glad that she came back for uh, specifically the few cameos that she has in this movie. And I guess in the final battle for the most part. But uh, yeah, shout out to uh, to Moira. Can I, I keep... do have a question for you. Yes. What the hell is Essex Corp? Ooh. Is this the thing I should know? Actually, you would know this because you probably play a lot of Marvel Snap. And you know the character, <laughs> Mr. Sinister. Okay, so okay. So Corpse is owned by Mr. Sinister, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they'll have some connective tissues in Logan uh, that, okay. we, that we will, of course, be delving in soon. Um, but ultimately, it's a storyline that I think does get left on the table because uh, after this, we do get Dark Phoenix. And then that's really about it. So um, we get a little tendrils, like I said, in Logan's. But other than that, they kind of leave Mr. Sinister out of this universe. Hopefully with MCU, we get Mr. Sinister. That'd be really cool. We'll see. But if that answers... That's your, the little the teaser mm-hmm. for the next one, uh, which yeah. was so funny. At, at the opening of this movie, 
I was like, oh yeah, the previous one had that end credit in mm-hmm. the desert. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? That's right. So, <laughs> I'll be excited to get the little payoff of Essex Corp in the next one. There you go. So, stay tuned for that. Um, uh, well, this, of course, is not just our uh, discussion of it. We actually had a guest that came through. I actually recorded uh, a couple months ago with Jacob McCourt, who, uh, of course, is a wonderful, wonderful creator out there. He's doing his own thing. And uh, we're, right now, we're going to cut to his thoughts of this movie as well. Thank you. And to past Mario, or future Mario, no, past Mario. Take it off to you. Hello. Welcome back to this special edition to this episode. Of course, Sly is not here. I'm joined by another member in the vast multiverse. I, of course, talking about Jacob McCourt, who is a producer slash host on some shows like Left Behind Game Club, host of the Game Trivia Show, and talks on films like on cutscenes of video game movie podcast. Yep. What are those things? Go ahead and spell. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, hello. Thank you for having me. Um, I do a lot of things in the uh, in the games content multiverse, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Left Behind Game Club is a uh, biweekly video game book club podcast. There are tons of them. Uh, we try and keep it positive, <laughs> informative, and uh, you know, mo- what is it? Informative, entertaining, mostly positive in most cases. Yeah. So that's what we do there. Cutscenes is a um, seasonal video game, TV, and movie podcast. Um, I'll just say it here. We're going to do a watch along with The Last of Us. So okay. coming yeah. back for a fourth season on that starting in January. And then I host Video Game Trivia, which has been uh, on YouTube and at PAX. So uh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk about uh, X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah, well, thank you for joining us. Of course, uh, throughout this journey that uh, me and Sly has gone through, we've gone through so many uh, now iterations of X-Men movies. We've gone to the original uh, three that came out, the spinoffs, of course, with uh, X-Men or uh, Lord and Savior X-Men Origins Wolverine, um, which, you know, our favorite as we love on the show. No, we hate that movie. Um, we've now crossed over with uh, Deadpool, who finally has got a redemption arc in a lot of ways. And now we're here in the new frontier. Of X-Men Apocalypse, which of course, uh, you know, depending on how, this is Mari, by the way, this is Mari from Days of Future Past. The other half of this podcast is not recorded yet. Who knows what I said in that episode, but I'll tell you right now, I don't like this movie. But still, Jacob, tell me, tell me your history with the X-Men movies and then as well as your history with this movie. Yeah, so uh, right before I, I uh, we started recording, I'd said, hey, I've watched everything in the mainline MCU, uh, but then there are the films that are like now being brought into the MCU that I'm not as familiar with yes. or ones that are like, you know, maybe they'll come into play later. So the X-Men movies are that. So I've actually only seen X-Men 2 or X2, X-Men The Last Stand, oh. and then I've seen the first, The New Class, mm-hmm. and I've seen X-Men Origins Wolverine okay. and the Deadpool movies. So it's very spotty. So let yes. me tell you, having that view history coming into this movie, boy, oh boy, was it a ride. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Because uh, definitely, uh, let alone the timeline of these movies are absolutely all over the place. So mm-hmm. for you to have any context, especially this movie, and I'm sure we're going to, I'll go with that with Sly. Uh, there's a lot of characters that are here that are also later in time, theoretically, <laughs> and it doesn't make sense, but you know what? Okay. Um, in the quick rundown that you gave about all the movies you watched, did you say you did see the original X-Men at least? Or did you I've skip seen X two and oh, okay. the last man, not the first one. That sucks because that is the movie we love the most still. <laughs> <laughs> so I need to watch is what you're saying. Okay. I would say I, I mean okay, 
So obviously with the journey with the show, Sly is watching it for the first time. I've seen these uh, previously. But what has been nice has been re-contextualizing them in a way that I wasn't set up with expectations because these were the only things we had at the time. Now mm -hmm. I live past with MCU and everything. So I get to just enjoy them as like, are they a good movie and a good film? Mm -hmm. And X-Men, the original, the 2001, is a good movie. Like by itself, okay. like just hands down, good plot development stories, characters. You care about the things and then move on. Then you're like, we're going to franchise this thing. And then we got to keep yep. escalating it. And it gets, <laughs> you know, it gets kind of wonky from there. But about this movie, what were your initial? What were your thoughts? What are you, we're gonna go ahead and go right into our Stanley seminar right here. What are your wow. thoughts on this movie? Um. So again, I'm taking the perspective of someone who you know this movie now came out what six years ago, and so I'm taking the perspective of my maybe my parents who one day pop on you know Fox or ABC, and this movie is just on, and they decide to watch it with something on in the background. That's that's the perspective I'm taking of just coming into this movie with. A little bit of knowledge, but not all the knowledge. And um, I just, I have a lot of questions. Um, one, first off, so Oscar Isaac, I guess, is only allowed to play Egyptian characters in the MCU. I guess that's my big first question. Only Moon Knight and Apocalypse, and that's, that's right. it. Hispanic actor, Oscar Isaac can only Guatemalan <laughs> plays Egyptians only. <laughs> I, I just, and look, this is what I knew about the movie going in, because I was a huge fan of um, Olivia Munn back in like the G4 days. So all I knew was, hey, Olivia Munn's Psylocke in this movie. Maybe it'll be cool. And um, we are kind of treated when the movie starts with just like so much like setup of like ancient Egypt. Why are we thousands of years ago? Who is this blue man? Why is he getting powers? I don't understand, but hey, I'm, I'm here for it. And then they also expect you to like, should I watch the other movies? Maybe, but there's just, you need to know a lot about what's going on in the X-Men universe to understand what's going on in this movie. They kind of give you hints if you haven't listened to watched everything, but I felt like I did myself a disservice not watching everything that came before this. Honestly, I don't necessarily think so because even as okay. someone who just, uh, like I said, our director, we're going through you know movie by movie. We've made it to I think it's the nexus point for X Men, which of course is Day of Future Past, uh, where the two timelines converge, and now we're creating something new. So you are supposed to jump into this and be a new viewer or new experience to this, and possibly leave alone obviously the, the other things that you have seen. So mm -hmm. like characters like. Angel can exist in 1980 and be mm -hmm. a full-grown-ass adult and possibly <laughs> a different language. Either way. Who loves Metallica, by the way? That's a cool one. Uh, versus Ben <laughs> Foster in 2005. <laughs> you know, it was like timid about needles. Uh, you know, <laughs> those could be two separate characters now, and that I think that is fine. But I will say, <laughs> you're absolutely correct. The beginning of this movie of trying to piece together, like, wh where are we in place in time? I guess we are in Egypt because I see pyramids. So, okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> but also... <laughs> What are what's the context of these four people around this room and all that? And obviously, as X Men fans, if you are an X, oh, by the way, quick question: Your history with X Men entirely? Like, do, have you watched the animated series? Did you read comic books ever? Do you have some aspects of who Apocalypse is before this? No. So my uh, so my co-host on cutscenes, his name yeah. is Travis. He is probably the biggest X Men fan I have ever met in my life. <laughs> like gets the comics every week, goes on Twitter to like X-Men hashtags to see what people are saying about X-Men. Mm -hmm. uh, he's going to listen to this and just like yell at me the entire time. Of course. Um, but uh, I, I have, I've seen 
a little bit of the animated series and then obviously i've seen some of the movies but i would say that like i i was more of a dc kid growing up that i watched like batman the animated series superman the animated series the justice league and so i would say that i I could name a lot of x-men characters um but uh you know diving deep into their histories and different storylines is not my not my bag. No, that's fair. And then a lot of that is like having to understand who Apocalypse is, which we're supposed to be yes. is the big bad of this movie. And I don't know if the movie does it other than he's a bad enough guy where people have to like sacrifice themselves to kill. <laughs> and I think yep. most of the, his power really is just his name. And honestly, just because his yep. name is something so catastrophic. And then we don't understand what his powers does or do. There are there are hints throughout it, obviously. Uh, but it, it does take the whole movie. Um, but, ult- <laughs> but ultimately, uh, I just think that the, the way that they're introducing this villain and how they how they did it was just not successful. Um, yeah. Post the villain, though, yep. what are your thoughts of where we are in the world of X-Men? I know, like, like I said, spotty history. What are your thoughts of meeting Xavier at this time? Meeting uh, even Magneto, which well, I want to talk about Magneto specifically. Um, yeah. Meeting, obviously, the kids. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I thought I was I was most because I went in with like middling expectations here. I'm like, oh, this this movie will be fine. Uh, and I think the there were there were maybe one or two things that surprised me a lot, or the things that I really loved. Mm-hmm. And what surprised me was the depiction of Magneto mm-hmm. and how like he is now um, far away from you know Xavier and the you know students, the X Men. Um, you know, he's got a wife, he's got a kid and he's working essentially in like a, a, like a metal shop. Uh, and that, that to me was like surprising, but Michael Fassbender, what I appreciate is like full ass into every performance. Each time I watched Assassin's Creed, Mm -hmm. I think that was Fassbender, Fassbender. put full ass into that and I appreciate it. And he does the same thing here. Yes. No, 100%. Uh, we'll, we'll go right into the Magneto section. Uh, that to me is definitely the, uh, not the heart of the movie because it's not even about this, but it's the heart that I think could have been a lot of the movie, specifically, uh, the scene that all leads up to, which of course is taking him back to Auschwitz. But, uh, ultimately, yes, I think Michael Fassbender puts his whole, uh, how can I say Michael, uh, Fassbussy in this thing because... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he 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 he's emoting so hard he's trying his best in a lot of ways and i know that i'm not going to go too far because i know you told me how close you are in this game but in a lot of ways just got a rip if you want to spoil it no 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 got a war i'm basically gonna say oh god of war yes got a war in a similar trajectory of uh, you know how that character goes and so that's why i'm like yeah like i, I i'm fascinating to see this version of this character that now i've seen in so many iterations to have some sort of joy and then to see that completely ripped away from him, pretty in a hardcore scene um, for the most part. Um, especially since this is the first time he's also trying to show, like, um, not forgiveness. What is the word I'm trying to say? But he's trying to help in one moment. Yeah. He saves someone, and that yeah. costs a lot of people's lives. Um, yeah, there's a, me- there's a metal worker in the shop where there's a, a large, heavy thing that's about to fall on him. And Magneto, using his powers, like essentially has to like gesture to stop it and save him. Yes. And that's when he gets ratted out to the authorities, who then come after him because they realize, oh, you're not the man that we, we thought you were. You're actually Magneto, and mm-hmm. we need to take you away. Like Literally, this, this scene in the forest, which is, I think, the highlight for me in the entire movie yeah um of you know they they come with bows and arrows they come with no metal and you know he at first is just like i'm not gonna like i'll do whatever 
this is fine. Like we'll, we'll figure this out. And his daughter and wife are just slaughtered um, because the daughter realizes that she has powers, uses them. She gets killed. I'm really going through it quickly, but that's when he just like lets loose because one of the police officers has like a metal badge on and essentially uses that metal badge, much like um, the arrow character from guardians. um, Oh, uh, uh, Yandu. Yep, Doyandu yeah, uses yeah. like mm-hmm. that badge like Doyandu does. That's right. And kills everyone in sight. Yeah. It's 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 a crazy powerful scene, movie. And then you just understand where he is and why he would get susceptible into um apocalypse's like sort of ideas. Um and then I think the combination of that and a lot of that scene, which Jacob, if you go back to watch the original X-Men movie, <laughs> which, I mean, you get a little bit of it, obviously, in X-Men um uh, first class as well, where it is this sort of like this is where his sort of coming out as Magneto being in the thrust of the Holocaust. And it's, it's awful. And for him to tear that place down is like an awesome emotional thing. And that is a, also a great way for him to be manipulated. So I do find that section of the movie to be really well, uh, not, I wouldn't say thought out. I will say executed. Well, there are things about it. That yeah. I still would like to change, but ultimately, yeah, I think that is about where the part of the movie goes. And then the rest is just everything else. It's, uh, it's, it's an action movie. Yeah. It's like, Hey, we have to have, uh, these, uh, fight scenes. Uh, we have to have a cage fight <laughs> in Vienna so we can introduce characters for later for reasons. And, um, you know, we, we go about this and, um, yeah, I don't, ultimately the thing, the thing that there's a lot of X-Men stuff in here as someone who is an X-Men fan to see this, the, the, the actual, like, uh, expansion being used as much as it is um, for them to sort of talk about the ideas of starting the X-Men. This is really, I guess, where the X-Men is supposed to start, like officially. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were like in the 60s doing the the one mission, but this is when yep. the X-Men like continue on and then they are now a force for protecting the world. And mm-hmm. I found that awesome and I was hoping that they were going to do more with that. But I feel like we finally got that in the last 10 seconds. And the last 10 yeah. seconds is the biggest tease in the world as someone who... <laughs> is a massive, massive uh, X-Men the Animated Series fan. And that is just a bummer. It's so bad. Now, are you talking about, like, the Essex, like, the, the post credit scene? Or right before when they're, right. like... They all got awesome individual costumes with colors yeah. and, cuddle, like, everything looks how I remember it. Or at least... Do you like my impression of it? Yeah, I did. I did. I like your impression. Thank you. <laughs> in the small window that I have you in on the screen. <laughs> um... But yeah, seeing Cyclops in the yellow, seeing seeing yep. uh, Mystique in the white, like sort of like like everything. Uh, I did like the little teases throughout it. Like for instance, um, Nightcrawler wearing the Thriller jacket, which mm-hmm. is like his mm-hmm. red suit that he wears later, and just like that's yep. awesome. But I wanted that to be the movie. <laughs> yeah, I wanted like, hey, we're gonna do X Men shit, and it really was just setting up just more, just setting up this, uh, this like villain that I just didn't find interesting. Well, well thought out. Um, apparently there's a deleted scene in this movie where he's making everyone's outfits via needle. I think that would have been interesting. I just think, I, I don't know why he has all this power in the world, but apparently he likes yeah. needling. So he like actually made their suits that way. I don't know. I, you should check that scene out. Because but, his power is essentially like enabling others, yes. like latent abilities or weaker abilities to flourish. Right. And yeah. a lot of this movie, to your point, was just him, you know, finding Storm and just, you know, f- cr- making the latent powers within her, you know, be more powerful or yeah. finding Angel. And, you know, he's got one wing that's singed. And so now he's going to give him metal wings. Yes. I just felt like that whole scene could have been like a 
a one minute montage and we didn't need those scenes to be two, three minutes long where yes. I'm just watching Angel get metal wings. Yeah. I'm like, why are we spending the time here when the interesting thing is actually like what happens after this fight or like yeah. with the X-Men? No, 100%. Like even so as a joke way back from the podcast, I'm a massive Cyclops fan. I love him. Uh-huh. I used to wear, I had the goggles until, until he dies in the third one. I broke him. <laughs> all right. I love Cyclops as, uh, from uh, all the way back from the animated series. And so this being like the sort of movie of him joining the X-Men. Oh man. If that was the movie, <laughs> if that was the movie, yeah. him like getting in and meeting Jean Grey and having those connections and bumping into Nightcrawler. And they go on those little fun, like, high school teen adventures which there is a whole section that is also cut out of this movie where they go to the mall and they do mall you know they do the kids stuff and that is that to me is like that is where the heart of the movie should have been not necessarily seeing what apocalypse is doing because to me it wasn't as interesting or at least it wasn't well presented in my way um yeah yeah because the cast is like full of powerhouses that oh my god you know we we've talked a little bit about fassbender but like you know, there are real actors in this movie yes. that could have had a lot of Oscar Isaac is a great actor. Yes. Apocalypse as a character is bad. Yes. I do not recognize Oscar Isaac in that role whatsoever. And it's not because he has the makeup. He's just a character mm-hmm. that I don't want to spend time with. Like that's who could have been exchanged with any other actor who does like uh uh, Chris Pine could have been Straight Apocalypse. Up. Straight up. Uh I, I was gonna say who put Mario movie? What is oh, his... Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt could have been Apocalypse in this. You know what I mean? Like it, it's really exchangeable. Yeah, it, it, you're it, like no, no, no. With this move, within this movie, yes. it's a me. Within this movie, absolutely. I do think that even Chris Pine, at a certain point, I think he probably could have been way scarier and menacing. But yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, ultimately, it just it just kind of kind of goes to the wayside and just kind of kind of sucks. Um, was there any Can other aspects? I, no, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I, I was Perfect. gonna tell you one thing that I really that I really loved. Okay. Okay. My favorite part of the movie, we talked about the first favorite part. This, my other favorite part is these sweet dreams by the Eurythmics like, montage with Quicksilver. Uh, such a treat. Such a treat. Yes. Evan Evan Peters in this movie, as well as how he was in Days of Future Past, still mm-hmm. uh, elevates the Quicksilver character for me. I've never, I never had like a fondness for him in other media. This is definitely something one of this sort of like uh, quirky, sort of like <laughs> not ready to grow up Peter Pan kid, <laughs> just yep. because he can move. He doesn't want to move. He moves too fast, but he's also trying to like keep at his pace. And I think that's just such an interesting version of that character. And then mm-hmm. yes, that scene of course uh, is great because as a fan of the '80s and fan of uh, the rhythm mix yeah having that be your song as he is fix uh, basically going through the exploding mansion absolutely i thought was like yep that's how you that's how you go next uh level to what you did previously and i thought that they at least did a good job there for sure i will say that then culminates with a whole other side plot that i didn't know why it was shoved in this movie and that of course is striker shows up (laughs) (laughs) and they decide yeah that happens what why yeah just like all right cool just and then and then and it, it just makes more problems because uh you said you saw uh days of future past is that correct yeah yeah do you remember the end of days of future past no the end of days of future past is uh everything's back to normal or you know yep. now that heroes that we thought are dead are back and are in the future or whatever but they cut back to wolverine uh when at the end of days of, in the 60s timeline he's strapped to a thing because magneto like 
put him on and he went into the water. Yep. He's being extracted out of the water, and you see Stryker basically above him, just sort of like, yep. okay, cool, this is going to be Weapon X, basically. But there's mm-hmm. a glimpse of the eyes change, and it's actually Mystique. Okay. And then what happened? Then nothing happens with that. <laughs> nothing happens with that because okay. you get this movie and Wolverine is still a weapon with Striker. Weird. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't know. They get they get captured by Striker. They're in the same facility as Wolverine. Wolverine escapes in the forest and like yeah. that seems just like a plot device to like maybe they didn't want Wolverine to be captured so they needed to to let him out I but instead of just doing it at the beginning of one movie when you decided to pivot when a new writer takes over mm-hmm. you decide to make it like a central plot in your movie for some reason yeah yeah for for some from some odd reason but yeah uh yeah. The, that whole section of the movie to me just like it also retreaded just a little too much on past stuff like i was like saying i want him to just move forward um and then the, for them to have striker in this facility which is clearly alkali lake and all this other stuff's like all right we've seen this already we need to move on like there's just nothing forward momentum with this show uh, with the series other than for some reason every movie likes to just age it 10 years up so like the yep. last movie of course was uh the 60s or 70s the other one before that was the 60s and so yeah it, it, that's the only progression that we're getting and the characters are staying the fucking same and uh yeah i saw my cat by the way just floating behind me that was cool um but yeah i don't know i, I really wish that they could have just handled a lot of the aspects of this movie well and it just to me falls a flat uh, on its face in a lot of ways. Didn't they also, like, when the Wolverine thing happens, like, stare into the camera and just basically go, like, I hope that's the last we've seen of that guy. Basically. Well, cool, well cool. the best part about yeah. it is, of course, it's Cyclops who, you know, he's always hitting on his girl. So even though yeah. that, it's weird because it's, like, older dude and, like, younger Jean Grey, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Don't, don't even think about it. <laughs> just don't even think about it. Um, <laughs> what are your thoughts when the uh, – we'll talk a little bit, I guess, about the, the Four Horsemen, which, yeah, we talked about it's Angel, Storm, yep, and it's Psylocke, and then Magneto is the big piece mm-hmm. because he's the one that's sort of bringing a lot of destruction to the world, being able to, yep. you know, be metal, <laughs> to totally <laughs> do what he wants with it. Um, yep. What were your thoughts on their individual stories? I mean, obviously, we get very little of two of them. Yep. <laughs> but in terms of Storm in this movie, because because ultimately she has like the face turn at the end to help mm-hmm. them fight. Like, what are your thoughts? Wrestling with... good, yes. yeah. Oh yeah, huge wrestling. I'm wearing I, a Kenny remember, Omega yes. shirt right now as we speak. I love it. So I love it. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I just Storm's background just seemed, and you can correct me, and if if it, it at, in some canon it is canon, mm-hmm. but this Storm storyline seemed quite random. Of you know, Apocalypse finding Storm in a market. And essentially, she saves him. They run away. She gets powers because she was helpful to him. Yeah, and watch him commit canon murder. anywhere else. <laughs> no. Yeah. So, well, the, the the canon that I understand is, yeah, she she is actually, I believe, in some province of Africa. Um, and then, if I'm not mistaken, uh, she is found by Professor X. And that's usually how the story goes. From my, from okay. this is me going back from like the X Men cartoon. I don't know if yep. it is in the in the comic books, but yep. uh, I just know that I remember scenes of her like trying to discover her powers in Africa and then being rescued by uh, Professor X. So this is sort of like the reverse of that, where it's the bad guy finds her, and I yep. think that's possibly due to a lot of the fact that the timeline is different now. Um, mm-hmm. um, so I think that is probably how that is described. So. But the the part to me that loses me immediately is like when she sees him just like straight like melt people into walls, and yep. I'm like, I yep. don't want to be anywhere near that guy. Yeah, I'm kind of. <laughs> well, here's ter- my question. Yeah, do you think that the face turn was earned at all? 
other than I've tried to, uh, it's been a, a little while since I've seen the movie because I remember there is a moment we do cut to Storm when Apocalypse is doing something, and I'm thinking that she's not totally on board at that point. Oh, you know what it was? I know exactly what it was. Uh, she does, and this is the stuff that I like that they layered in and they're layering history from the movies is that Mystique in this film has become a hero, uh, has become essentially uh, a, a figurehead for people that. Or wanting to like, hey, she's a hero. We can do do this cause. You know, she's part of the cause basically. And so when Apocalypse is attacking her, that's when I see her start to like put it the pieces together that she might be on the wrong side. And Got I it. and I think that ultimately I, I think does give her the out for being. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna help the other team, and uh, you know, hopefully they'll take me in. Even though we definitely killed a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, but it's funny that like you have to really think think back to like yeah was it earned did she like did she have justification for moving the other team besides like oh apocalypse now i know despite him giving me powers is actually terrible yeah uh again it, a lot of it's middling it's just like um you know there are high points but a lot of it's just like was it earned and probably not and again i'm coming in again from like a person who's not seen every single movie you have so maybe there's payoffs yeah. that i'm not seeing but apocalypse and storm are new to this movie so maybe not no yeah I, I, like i said i think a lot of it is very much vaguely built and like a sentence or two or having a poster yep. of mystique in a room but ultimately mm -hmm. uh it's i would say character wise for what they just did and a lot of it is also again back to the beginning the misunderstanding of what apocalypse powers are because yeah. in this movie uh i don't know why Cyclops is doing any of the things she's doing and why Angel's involved other than he has metal wings. Are they just helping him because they gave him cool shit? In my mind, in the comic books or in the cartoons, I always thought that he actually plagued your mind and like took you over. Like as yeah. Wolverine becomes one of these characters at some point. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. Angel is his whole thing is that he has a second personality, and that personality is the metal version of himself. Yep. So that's why uh I don't understand or like are they a free will of doing this yeah. and committing crimes or are they clouded they don't do a great job of illustrating that and i think that's what makes this movie worse i had to i had to look at the wikipedia page when i was putting my notes together and be like yeah. what are his powers exactly because yes. he reminds me of an anime villain in a lot of the in a lot of ways he like is reminding me, he, as you watch my academia. academia yep yes yes i literally wrote apocalypse is like an mha villain in my yeah. notes straight so, up could fit. He has a variety of destructive superhuman abilities, including telekinesis, cyberpathy, cyberpathy, Cy cyberpathy, teleportation, okay. and the ability to augment other mutants' abilities. Uh, Isaac described him as creative slash destructive force of the earth. Okay, great. Seems ambiguous. See, yeah, exactly. So, and I guess they can play with that, but at the same time, the few things that they do answer, there are things that are still I'm still left questioning. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, other, other than that, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then we learn that really the the whole crux of everything that, you know, Apocalypse is trying to do is he's trying to get uh, Xavier's powers. Yes. Uh, or essentially transfer his consciousness into Xavier's body so that much like a My Hero Academia, you know, certain villain, yeah. uh, get more powers that will help him become more powerful and take over like humanity or enslave humanity rather. Yeah, which essentially is the role I guess Oscar Isaac uh, played, which was a body that he could transfer to so he couldn't be harmed or something like that. I think that's mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a big of it. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's something we definitely infer for sure. Again, this is not the first time we've used Xavier to do exact uh, damage to the world. So it's just like, again, we're treading on the same 
same shit. Um, this is, of course, X2 that I'm referring to. Um, yeah, I, I, I just wish that there, a lot of this was just a lot more fleshed out and just, I don't know, I just, I get the ideas, especially how they're trying to do with, like, re, redoing a whole world and with the bombs and everything going into the sky. Like, this, yep. that was a definitely a big part of the time frame of what, what they were doing. But at the same time, man, I just wish, I just wish there was a lot more to it. Um, Somehow this movie was 144 minutes. It's the longest X-Men movie, by the way. And I don't, and it, it's funny because usually with yeah. these long films, you can take away like, oh yes, this happened and this major thing and this. But a lot of it's like, I think it, it does a lot of setup for Dark Phoenix. Um, yes. Yeah, but, generally. And when we talk it through, of course, we're going to hit the major, all the major points in it. Mm-hmm. But I think when you take this away and you're like, oh, I'm going to talk to like one of my normie friends about X-Men Apocalypse. There are very few things that I'm going to remember except yeah. Oscar Isaac, Blue and Bad. And he tried to get Xavier Power and Xavier Bald now. Xavier. And that's X-Men Apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, Quicksilver, Sweet Dreams. That's it. It's, yeah. literally, it's literally like <laughs> as much as I'll get out of it, um, I 100% agree with that for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that was going to be, I think that's going to be our general thoughts because if I just keep <laughs> thinking about this movie, I'm just going to get madder. You know what? And I, 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 I thank you so much for joining me, obviously, on this conversation. I wish we had picked a better movie for you. <laughs> As I always <laughs> risk, I wish for all of our guests, to be fully honest. Um, but this is the journey and this is where we're on. So, again, Jacob, uh, thank you so much for being here. Jean Grey made fire. Jean Grey did make fire. You know who also made who was also in this movie, and I we did haven't mentioned yet Moira McTaggart, who yeah <laughs> she's here. Yep. we got her. She's back. <laughs> you know. Yep. Cool. She yep. in the next one? I don't even remember. I've seen. <laughs> I don't even remember. If she's in the next one. Jubilee. Jub- Jubilee has a line in the movie, and that is it. <laughs> That is so. She's played by oh my god, I forgot the name of the actress. Lana Condor. Lana Condor from those um, those um, oh my god, what is the name of the movies now? The, there's a trilogy. Uh, all the boys. All to the all boys, boys. To all the boys. And she's very great in that movie. So it feels I yep. feel robbed of having she's her. She's also in that movie with uh, uh, Cole Sprouse. Oh uh, yes, I know what you're talking. Where they about. go to space. Moonshot. Yes, Moonshot. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. All the things we are possibly robbed. There's also in the um, when they're in the um, the mall, there is apparently uh, there's supposed to be like a Dazzler thing, and I'm like, oh, it'd be kind of cool if we had Dazzler in this movie. But I don't know, doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. We're just gonna get them wearing cool costumes for a screenshot, and then in the next movie, they're gonna just be wearing blue and yellow. So <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. Oh. But again, Jacob, where can people find you on the net? I need to let them know. I need to let the people know where they can find you. Uh, you can find me at the cinema watching X-Men Apocalypse. Thank you. No, I'm kidding. Uh, you can find me on the internet at Jacob McCourt, J-A-C-O-B-M-C-C-O-U-R-T. Uh, I'm on Twitter for now. Uh, I'm on Hive Social, maybe, uh, if it's back up by now. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's that's probably where you can find me. And again, I host three shows, The Left Behind Game Club and Cutscenes. You can find on podcasting services everywhere. And then I host video game trivia uh, pretty regularly on my YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash Jacob McCourt. I'm Jacob McCourt everywhere. Branding, baby. Yeah, that's as you should. I am, of course, that Mario Vera everywhere on the Twitter. So please find me. Basically you got it back. Everywhere. Yeah, you yeah. Got it back. I did get it back. That's right. Uh, but am I going to lose it again? Who knows? Probably. Who knows? Probably. I was thinking about getting spicy and posting Taylor Swift music on my timeline again. But you know what? I'm not going to do, do that. it. What have we learned? Yeah, Don't we, do it. That's right. That's character growth. That, that is character growth. <laughs> I will not be doing that. 
I would not be doing that again. Um, <laughs> ah, but otherwise, until meantime, back to the main episode. And well, wasn't that a lovely conversation that that I have with Jacob? Just so wonderful. I, I hope hopefully you get to watch it when the episode comes out. So great. Uh, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Moving on, we are going to go actually straight to uh, Music Room because we got to talk about the Quicksilver scene. Uh, we have to talk about uh, Evan Pierce and his big moment. Of course, we had one in the last one, which was really great. We really loved that scene. Uh, Sly, what did you think of this version and the song specifically chosen? The Sweet Dreams Needle Drop yeah. was a moment. It was, it was great. It really matched... The tone and the energy mm-hmm. of what was going on. I thought it was fun. It was great. I do, as we previously mentioned, resent the end of that scene yes, a lot. <laughs> and that soured it a little bit. But if we're ignoring like the very end of that scene, the the imagery of like all the different ways he gets people out of the mansion, the like throwing people out the window, the like fascinating the like uh like the like linens for like a cushion or whatever wrapping them in blankets Mm -hmm. all of the little bits were just so funny and brilliant and like of course that's what he would do and i thought that was really fun to see a more a less combat take on how he uses his powers was really interesting to see yeah, definitely added up more to the comedy to the moment, especially with the dog uh, introduction, with the dog just looking mm-hmm. absolutely crazy. Um, but yeah, the, the needle drop with it being an 80s song, that is like one of my favorite songs of all time, the Eurythmics, uh, Sweet Dreams. So for their inclusion uh, as part of this slow, do- slow down scene, it's kind of cool how upbeat the song is in comparison. Um, but yeah, and I love the, the final moment of him like couch surfing. <laughs> <laughs> while like holding the dog eye thing and like going through like absolutely an iconic scene the it's what you make uh x-men movies now is to have a cool quicksilver scene and um mm-hmm. I, yeah i'm i'm trying to remember if dark Phoenix has one or not but i don't know we'll, we'll have to find out i'm just gonna have to find out we'll see when we get there all right so you know what we are gonna do for the final segment here we're gonna do some quiz time which, of course, we're going to talk about a few things that happened and see if Sly can get some match of points this week. Of course, those are our questions. The first question that we always ask, is Stanley in this movie? Is he in this movie? Yes. Is he? I don't remember seeing him. Oh? Uh-huh. But I did. Okay. Uh-huh. I, I got to read my notes. Okay. Beat for beat. I said, oh, shit, Cerebro. I'm guessing that's the, like, overload uh-huh. explosion moment. Mm-hmm. Then I wrote, hi, Stan, exclamation mark. <laughs> and then I wrote, the sweet dreams needle drops, though. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm guessing he's somewhere in between the explosion or and the montage. Maybe in the montage. But he's there, according to my notes. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, I could have swore... God, you know, I I think he isn't actually in there. But now, since I wrote this <laughs> about a couple months ago, I can't remember. And I'm going to have to look that up again. But I'm pretty sure he's not. I think there was a funny reason. And I, I want to say it was because they were filming 
in Australia, and he was like, "Fuck that," because he he's done this before. When he's been like, "Nah, I'm just gonna say no." Yeah. But oh man, if you think you saw him, then I'm gonna I'm gonna have to research that for myself. You know what? You get a point anyways, because I uh, clearly I didn't do my notes, and I'm gonna have to figure that out for myself. So you get a point right off the bat. Again, I don't remember seeing him. My notes said I saw. Him. Hey, you know what? The notes don't lie. All right, the notes don't lie. <laughs> Oh man. Okay, here here's a go- here's a good one. There is a quick blink and you miss it cameo at the fight in Berlin. There is a challenger being dragged from the cage. Who was that mutant? Hint: They previously had an appearance in their Lord and Savior X Men Origins Wolverine. Fuck! I told you we should just do the quiz time, mm-hmm. uh, and then didn't think to look at the questions before I agreed to them. <laughs> What was his name? It was the boxer dude ah, from mm-hmm. Origins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God, what was his name? Oh, uh, um, um, um. Uh. Logan called him Bub, and then he's like, "Did you call me Blob?" Yep, Blob. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We yes. got there eventually. We got there. Damn, that's how. <laughs> Damn, you remember that movie more than me. <laughs> I don't remember a lot of that movie. I don't know how I remember that scene specifically. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. That, of course, is a fun little cameo for the blob um, who shows up in this movie for a small little cameo, which I thought was really fun. Um, Yeah. Last question. Of course, is uh, Pietro Mac- or Peter Maximoff, aka Quicksilver, is the son of Eric Lencher, aka Magneto. In real life, Evan Peters is only blank years younger than Michael Fassbender. Can you guess the age difference between these two characters? Which you know, this series loves to play fast and loose with how people and uh, how old they are. Um, yeah, here's the thing: I also don't know how old anybody is ever. Um, I think, I think, internet don't, don't come at me if I get any of these wrong. Michael Fassbender's in his 40s? I'll give you I that. I think. Yeah, I'll give that, yeah. Okay. Can you give me a year And I think, <laughs> I think Evan Peters is in his 30s? That is, that is, that is correct. <laughs> That is correct. He is in his thirties. Okay, so like, yeah, five, ten, ten years. They are exactly somewhere. In there. No, you're right. They are exactly ten years apart. Michael Fassbender really? is yes. Michael Fassbender is forty five. Evan Peters is thirty five, <laughs> and that is his son. Incredible. <laughs> yes. Oh, they just don't fucking care this movie series, um, which is fine. I, that is fine. It is what it is. This movie's this movie making. Um, but yeah, there you go. You you nailed it. You got a perfect score. Uh, shout out to you for the X Men Apocalypse. Perfect score. Yeah, you get a, you get an A plus. And uh, yeah, that 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 basically wraps it on up over here for X Men Origins 2016. Um, we're gonna go ahead and move on to Homeroom and our final thoughts of the movie. Sly, what is your final send off for this film? Will you be watching it again? I, I'm curious about that. Would you be watching it again? I'll probably watch it again. <laughs> it's here's the thing. Lately, uh, I've been really enjoying watching like things that I don't have to 
A, make content about, or B, have any critical thoughts about. And now that making content about this is over, I won't have to worry about it on the next watch. And I think this will be a really great, like, no thoughts revisit for me. Um, So I definitely think I'll watch this movie again. I, like I said at the top, I loved this movie. I loved, you know, seeing the characters we all know and love, like Eric and Moira and all of them. Yes. Raven, every single one of her pieces of dialogue was iconic. She had some incredible one-liners. So fun. And to see her, her character as they developed throughout this movie was great. Mm -hmm. And like I said earlier, it felt so low stakes. For an end-of-the-world movie, I mean, <laughs> comparatively. It felt really chill. Um, so, yeah, I I really love this movie. I'll definitely revisit it. Uh, and I had a great time with this. Okay. All right. I, I am comfortable never seeing this movie again, but at the <laughs> same time... <laughs> at the same time, it's not the worst thing again. Uh, revisiting all these movies... My biggest takeaway is that these are not the worst things on the planet. If you were watching this on television, it, it's totally fine to just chill and just have that play in the background. Um, there are worse things, as we always point out. The Punisher. Don't watch The Punisher. That's the only one I'm specifically, specifically targeting. Do not mm-hmm. watch that. Um, but this one is an absolutely just, you know, it is what it is. It adds, um, I think, very little to the characters overall, um, other than general relationships with certain ones, like we stand it out with, like, Michael Fassbender's Magneto and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I just think that the, the biggest crime, the biggest crime that this movie commits, and we didn't talk about it during the main segment, but I'm going to bring it up now. The biggest crime that this movie commits mm-hmm. uh, is the fact that we get the iconic X-Men outfits in the last two seconds of the goddamn movie, and we never see those again. That's that. that I'll spoil Oof. that right now. Never see those again. We get the iconic X-Men, like, uh, uh, Cyclops with the blue fucking thing and the white, the purple, and the mm-hmm. yellow. Oh, my God. So good. Um, you know, even Raven has her iconic white suit that, like, she turns blue in. And, ah, uh, oh, that pisses me off. Um, but, yeah, that's my that's my crime against this film. And so, therefore, she'll burn in hell. Uh, nothing. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that has been X-Men Apocalypse. Uh, of course, tune in for n- next time when, of course, we're going to be talking about Logan, which is our homework. We're going to be watching the uh, supposed final Wolverine film. But, of course, we know that's bullshit now. But, you know, hey. This is going to be in Deadpool, right? We'll, we'll see him we'll again. See. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, we're going to be talking uh, about I'm very excited. Logan. Uh, to talk about Logan, um, all I know about it is that it's like the like end movie mm-hmm. for his character, mm-hmm. and that people call it like cinema. Cinema. And I have no idea anything else about this movie, so I'm excited. I'm excited because I've not watched this movie since the theaters. I've only watched it once. But I remember leaving such a wow. like a remarkable thing on me. Um, but I'm very much excited to see this again um, and not uh, cry. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. We'll see if I, that actually works. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, slides or anything uh, you would like to plug uh, along the way uh, as we send it off? Yeah, of course. You can find me, as per usual, on 
the internet at Cyclone MC. Find me on Thirsty Thursdays. You can find me on We'll Throw the After Party when we return from hiatus. Um, and you can find me on Point in Progress. So go check out all of the things. Go check out the backlog of the MC University. Mm-hmm. I make a lot of stuff. <laughs> you can find me a lot of places. Have fun with that. Yeah, have fun with that and uh, enjoy. Of course, you can find me here at Point in Progress, the Point in Progress main podcast. You can find me here at MC University. You can also find me right now actually at PlayStation Source with my friend Kevin Diaz as we do a uh, reaction to all the new Last of Us episodes as the show comes out on HBO. I'm very, very happy about that. We have two episodes out right now. And uh, yeah, we're excited for the series as a whole. I'd like to thank our guest, uh, Jacob McCork, who stopped by and had a conversation with me. Uh, My hair looked very different in the video. I hope you all enjoy and uh you know check him out at jacob at jacob mccourt that is his twitter handle and of course all of his other socials that he mentions in his segment um again thank everyone for being here and uh, until next time class is dismissed he can control all of us the world needs the x-men that's why i'm here to fight not all of us can control our powers then don't this is war. Everything they built will fall. And from the ashes of their world, we'll build a better one. I've never felt power like this before. I mean, one of our major questions that we used to ask uh, guests is, uh, is Dr. Doom or Mr. Fantastic a top or bottom? So don't worry. You're in good company. <laughs> you can say whatever you want. There's, a, there's an appropriate answer for that, and it is Dr. Doom is a bottom. Oh, there we go. Well, it's a good thing I hit the record <laughs> button a few minutes ago. Ah, you got me! Yeah. Exposed in 4K. Yeah. I was eventually going to let you know. Um, but yeah, anyways. <laughs>